Welcome to Startup Nation Voices, a podcast of Startup Nation mentorship and the World Jewish Congress. Startup Nation Mentorship pairs extraordinary college students with top Israeli industry and government mentors. The venture is currently operating on 20 campuses in six continents and enables students to develop meaningful, lasting relationships with Israelis who are at the center of the dynamic global economy and hub of innovation. In Voices, we bring on top Israeli and international leaders to share a deeper look into their industry and personal background, exploring the importance of mentorship and partnership with Israel. I'm Ilan Arnowitz, the Director of Mentor Relations for Startup Nation Mentorship. Now I'm Adam Shapiro. I am the founder and chairman of Startup Nation Mentorship. So today, we are really fortunate to bring on Ben Weiss. Ben is a global venture capital leader based in Israel. And as a venture partner at SoftBank Ventures, Ben helps lead Israel coverage for what many consider to be the world's largest technology-focused venture capital fund. Ben is also managing general partner of C Ventures, which is a venture capital fund with predominantly relationships in China and Asia, which really seeks to connect Israeli venture with Asian investors. Truly extraordinary, and I can't wait to discuss. And Ben was born and raised in New Zealand and then in Australia. Um, After that, Ben spent a decade in finance at hedge funds and private equity firms in the East um, after initially launching his career in Australia. And, uh, you know, there's so much to discuss. Uh, ben is a mensch, and we are so excited to have our audience here from Ben. So, Ben, thank you for joining us, and uh, looking forward to this discussion. Ben, really Absolutely. excited for this. Thank you again. Absolutely, guys. Happy to be part of it. So, we wanted to start off by learning more about your background. As you've explained before, Ben, you are the grandson of Holocaust survivors, which has had a deep impact on your upbringing and career. Adam and myself are also the grandchildren of Holocaust survivors, so we are very curious to learn more about how this has shaped you professionally and personally. Absolutely. Um, well, I, uh, I grew up, as, as you, you mentioned, in New Zealand and Australia, and uh, it was only until the age of about uh, bar mitzvah, my, my father uh, reminds me, um, that I asked, why do all grandparents speak with a funny accent? Because uh, essentially, I grew up in a mini Europe, um, a very cosmopolitan society, and uh, I didn't realize at the time I, you know, grandparents that are all survivors of Auschwitz, and uh, they all had numbers on their arm. And uh, later in life, as I recounted their uh, experiences with them, I realized how precious that was, because nothing for them was ever too much. I never heard a complaint. And they always encouraged me to actively seek out every opportunity and take uh, every chance that came my way. And I see that as a tremendous uh, blessing to have had that, those set of values instilled at me at a very young age. That definitely. And I, I think that message really resonates uh, across, across cultures, across people, and especially even myself, as Elon mentioned, the grants and Holocaust survivors. I think, you know, relationships um, with grandparents and just connecting with Israel. It's so important. And, and going off that relationships with Israel, what you're doing now with C Ventures is, uh, is groundbreaking. And 
Like, given your experience and development of CE, you're, you're notably an expert on Israel-China relations. The United States is pushing Israel to decrease its reliance um, on China and really its relationship with China as both an investor and supplier of technology to Israel. So how do you foresee this playing out and how are you tangibly navigating this in your day-to-day business? Absolutely. Great question and extremely topical. Uh, it may all change again in a few months. Let's see how the election plays out. Um, so uh, originally the idea back, uh, I go back now nearly uh, nearly 10 years, was to uh, help to establish closer ties between Israel or Israeli high-tech and Asia, specifically China, because that was a road less traveled for a lot of the entrepreneurs. And so I found it actually surprisingly easy to raise money from that part of the world for Israeli high-tech because they had a very deep uh, fascination with Israel, with uh, Jewish ingenuity dating back to Einstein and Marx. And so I found a very um, ready acceptance to invest uh, money in Israel. And uh, uh, going back probably for the last, let's say, three to four years, there's been uh, a, a readiness for Israeli entrepreneurs to accept money from China. Unfortunately, in the last 12 to 18 months, there's been a, redis- a reticence. Um, and that's because of concerns that have come up, as I'm sure you, you're reading about on a daily basis, with China's uh, perceived dominance in the world, uh, in the tech industry in particular. And Israel doesn't want to be caught in the crosshairs. And so there's an apprehension from Israeli entrepreneurs that if they do have Chinese investment or have too much activity in China, it may preclude or prevent them from getting access to certain opportunities uh, today or tomorrow in the US, but potentially also in the UK and elsewhere. So there's more of a wait and see approach today um, before big Chinese investment will find its way into Israeli high tech. Very interesting. No, that that makes a lot of sense. And I think what's so interesting about what you do is that in venture, you're managing the risk associated with investing in companies and uh, industries. But what makes what you do so impressive and unique is that you're also managing this macroeconomic risk associated with the relations between the West and and China. Um, So fascinating. And then Maybe to build on that, uh, taking a step back, you, you mentioned 10 years ago, you had this strong desire to build, uh, to, to, to build a connection between Israel and China. What led to that inspiration? You know, we have our take on what makes Israel so unique. But from your perspective, what is the draw to Israel? Yeah, well, it was a, an unlikely uh, set of events because I'd spent time um, in Europe, retracing my uh, grandparents' uh, uh, Holocaust uh, uh, experiences, visiting several of the concentration camps. And I was caught in a rainstorm at uh, Buchenwald. Um, and uh, I was stuck in the bookshop there for several hours. And uh, I looked at all the, the books that were on display of survivors and their testimonies. And I thought it would be appropriate that my grandparents' uh, live stories would also be on display. So. Over the next, you know, four to five months, I ended up have, helping to have their life stories published in Europe. And at the end of that trip, with, where I was supposed to return to Asia, I had an invitation from Yad Vashem to uh, come to Israel to bring the manuscripts. 
to, uh, to Jerusalem so that they could review them for their life stories projects. And around that time, my mother, so I was in uh, uh, Jerusalem, I then went to Tel Aviv, and my mother had sent me a photo from my high school yearbook. And the last question in the yearbook was, what is the one thing that I can't live without in the world? And I answered at sunsets, and I just so happened to be watching a sunset in Tel Aviv, one of the most beautiful sunsets. So um, that made me realize I'm probably in the right place. And um, I thought that I could leverage the 10 years or so that I'd been in Asia and help to, I'd, I'd heard enough from Israeli entrepreneurs about the difficulty navigating Asia. And I felt that if I was able to bring investment from Asia, uh, from you know reputable, um, well-traveled um, private investors in Asia, that they would then be willing to help those entrepreneurs when they traveled through the region to do business. And it turned out to be the case, which was great. It's uh, amazing and, and very inspiring. And so, Ben, the next thing we want to ask you, um, given that our viewers are probably not so familiar with venture in Asia, can you tell us more about the differences compared to venture uh, in America and Israel? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And I, I do get quite a unique visibility through SoftBank Ventures Asia, which has a global portfolio. Around two-thirds are portfolio companies uh, based in Asia, all the way from Korea through to Indonesia and sort of everything in between. And I would say that um, there, there are a couple of main differences. One is, if you look at the size of Israel, Israel's nine and a half million people, um, Asia represents something like four or five billion people. So it represents a very large consumer market, which Israel doesn't have. So a lot of the investments are going into consumer B2C related companies, whether they're um, you know, uh, secondhand marketplaces, e-commerce companies, uh, shared working space uh, companies, all that are catering to that very large and growing um, consumer market but also a market that is still relatively untapped. I think less than half of Indonesia, for example, has access to the internet. And there are similar numbers in, um, in, in India and, and elsewhere. So it's a very fast growing, but a very large market. And that's something that Israel doesn't have. So Israel um, uniquely differentiates itself by having a very strong B2B and deep tech uh, um, investment profile. And I think that dovetails quite nicely uh, with the, the rest of the SoftBank portfolio, which is generally the opposite. It's lower tech, but faster growing B2C companies. So Israel really stands out and is distinct from the other regions in Asia. Very interesting. Huh. That, that makes a lot of sense. And then uh, we're also curious to learn a little bit more about how you think the UAE-Israel deal will impact the future of, of venture in the regions. Absolutely. Um, so if I could, you know, um, relay my experience in China. Um, so back in uh, 2012, 2013 was when I really set out to try and build a, a venture capital fund with predominantly investors from that part of the world, all non-Jewish, mainly first-time investors. Uh, as I mentioned before, I found it actually refreshingly um, uh, I wouldn't say nothing ever is easy in our business, but Compared to what I'd experienced elsewhere in the world in more established markets like the US and Australia, I found there was a really keen interest from most people that I met um, to, uh, to invest for the first time in Israel. It was something that they weren't able to do easily. So when an opportunity comes up and it's made easy 
uh, and straightforward, um, and there's no political sensitivity, then uh, then there is obviously a lot of uh, capital available from that part of the world. And I suspect in the UAE, there's also a lot of surplus capital. There's obviously a high level of interest in technology, as you can see from what the government's doing with their um, their technology uh, uh, hubs, et cetera, that they're creating. Um, and if there's no political sensitivity now, that issue's taken away, then I suspect there will be a healthy flow of capital that will come over time. I think it'll be important for there to be a, a leader in this regard. So maybe one of the larger wealth management groups or banks uh, makes a big splash and announces they're investing in one of the, um, the major uh, VC funds. Um, but I suspect there's already business uh, that's happening currently. But it should be a very good opportunity for the Israeli high-tech scene, but also the citizens of the UAE to benefit from a lot of the Israeli uh, exports and technologies that will become available. 100%. It really is such an exciting time for Israel with the world. Even just thinking a few days ago, now Kosovo has relations with Israel. It's uh, you know just a time that excites me personally, uh, and I think millions of others around the world. So, you know, clearly, Ben, you've had a very successful career in venture capital. And, you know, when I was at Cornell, uh, venture capital was a thing that a lot of students looked at and said, I want to get there. But they didn't necessarily know how to become uh, an executive eventually in venture capital, one of these leading institutions. And I think having you know, mentors like yourself and hearing from people like you can really help shape these students' paths. So. What advice would you give to students looking to have a successful venture capital career? Well, I can tell you that the most important thing is never give up. I had uh, doors uh, slammed in my face uh, multiple times. <laughs> Luckily, you know, we tend to have bigger noses than most. So uh, we can take, uh, you know, more of the hits. But, um, you know, that's even with, you know, a decade and change um, experience behind me and CFA and, and, and established hedge funds in the past, I still found it challenging to get people to invest and to trust me. So the key thing is, is numbers. Uh, going out there, talking to as many people as you can, uh, not being shy to uh, put yourself out there and embarrass yourself and ask questions that might be perceived to be silly. Um, usually you never have a bad meeting when you're doing that. Um, and the key thing as well is just to start, start doing something, build a track record. So the first investment I made was uh, $100,000. Um, you almost couldn't do an investment like that today. But back then, you were able to get involved. And the first deal leads to the second deal. And, and before long, you've got a track record and people can see that you're serious. So, um, you know, that old three Fs, you know, family, friends and fools, uh, find those uh, people that you know in your life and hound them for money. And uh, even if it means starting small and uh, investing in, uh, in companies with a very small amount, get yourself out there, get a track record and start learning by doing. That's what I found to be the most effective. And the first fund that I raised was $600,000. The last fund that I raised was close to $50 million. So that was a big growth in between. But I wasn't shy about raising $600,000 in order to get things going. And luckily, the first investment I made ended up being an acquisition by Facebook. And when you have you know, a bit of beginner's luck, it can help uh, very much. But I probably had you know, 500-odd meetings before I was able to, uh, to write the first check. So it's a, it's a journey that begins with a single step, but you've got to keep moving. That is really great advice, Ben, and a great reminder that perseverance is so key 
uh, in order to achieve your goals. Uh, that that's that's really helpful to hear. Um, and so, given your successful career in venture, you have definitely seen a lot of deals, a lot of companies. So we're curious, what is your favorite Israeli unicorn? Well, if you asked me a year ago, I probably wouldn't have answered um, about the major B2C companies. Um, but if you've seen in the last year, whether it's uh, Wix or Fiverr, you've seen a, an emergence in, in, in their value proposition. So um, it's, it's quite interesting to see that Israel is able to create both B2C and uh, B2B companies. Um, probably the one that I think will be uh, a real home run is a company called Monday.com. And that's uh, become a, um, uh, a success globally uh, in the task management space. Um, and they're rivaling you know, uh, several of the larger competitors out of the US and, and Europe. And, uh, and I see them being a, a leader for many years to come. So watch that space. They haven't yet announced their IPO plans, but I suspect 2021, uh, you'll hear something about them. And I suspect they will be a big success when they finally come to market. Very interesting. And I saw that Asana, one of their biggest competitors recently did file to go public. So we will definitely be keeping our, our eyes peeled for what Monday uh, does in the future. Absolutely. So we have one last question and we always like to ask a fun question for last. So Ben, you know, you had extensive travels in Asia. Um, and, uh, you know, what, what has been like the most shocking, uh, first impression of Israel that you've seen when dealing with, uh, different Asian investors or parties that you've had to deal with? Yeah. Um, interesting uh, question. So, uh, I've had quite a few sort of war stories from some of my investors that visit and uh, get taken advantage of the moment they land, uh, usually with, uh, with taxi drivers. I think, I think the situation's gotten better over time, but I've had a situation where one of my poor investors from uh, Korea got stopped on a highway until he was able to provide uh, assurances of a $300, I'm saying dollars, not shekels, uh, cab fare. And uh, if he couldn't provide assurances to pay, he was going to drop him on the highway. So uh, he, he couldn't provide the assurance, but he took him to an ATM and he withdrew the money. And uh, he came to the hotel around midnight pretty shaken up. So I had to prepare them in advance and often I would send uh, cars. But the most important thing is that the first person they meet usually is a taxi driver. And you don't want that experience to be a bad one. You want them to have a very nice, uh, simple welcome. So that's something that I think the Israeli government uh, has done better on. But uh, yeah, the, the taxis are, are a bit strange for some of the Asian uh, tourists that come through. I, I can relate to that. I, I've had some interesting experiences as well in, in taxis during my time in Israel. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, it's still a great country. We, we love it. And so, Ben, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a real honor getting to speak with you and have you share your unique wisdom and experience with our audience of people um, who really have a passion for global engagement. We hope to make it back to your beautiful country as soon as possible. So thank you so much. Absolutely. And let's hope that Israel continues its outreach to the global community, as you've seen with UAE and Kosovo and Serbia. And, and let's hope there is a way to, to play happy family with both China and the US, because Israel needs all the help it can get. 100%. Ben, thank you so much for your time. This, this has been incredible. You bet. Thanks, guys. And good luck with this project. It's very exciting. Mm -hmm.